Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined by Gabby Urrutia, and I wanted to have kind of a informal discussion after re-watching the game, Gabby. We'll, we'll make this one fairly quick, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, um, but we're recording this uh, Sunday afternoon, late Sunday afternoon. We both re-watched this Bethune game. Don't want to make too much of it, honestly, so let's just say that on the front end. But I do think there's some interesting talking points to get into from the game after re-watching it um, because, you know, football's a game where you miss a lot watching it live, quite frankly. It, it helps to, to go back and re-watch it and know what you're looking for. It's, and a lot of times you also see stuff you didn't realize you missed when watching live. So um, let's just have an informal discussion, Gabby, and I will just say the floor is yours. Wherever you want to take this uh, to start, you know, after rewatching the game, you know, w- what was something that stood out to you uh, in that rewatch? Yeah, uh, I guess I'll just start here. I mean, I think coming out of the game, I thought Akeem Mesador was really good. And then watching it back, like, I think he was better than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I mean, I thought he was unbelievable. Uh, you know, for, I even like, you know, first play of the game, uh, he nearly gets his hand on a ball. Uh, like, you know, that, that Jalen Jones tried to throw over, like, I think he had a chance to bat down a pass really early. I mean, just missed it, but I think he, you know, potentially could have influenced uh, that throw or impacted it, you know, if he just would have gotten a finger on it, but the opportunity was there. He was in position to make a play Um, later in the game. I mean, that one sack that he has in the, I believe it's like the end of the second quarter, kind of, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was just like some freaky stuff. He lines up on the inside. Um, just kind of stunt, like kind of stunts. His stunts in. are perfect. It like, was he's insane. really good. Like, I haven't seen a Miami like defensive lineman do that type of stuff. And wow, and then he just blows up the running back. Like the running back had no shot, and then he just gets right back there. I think that was one of the most like impressive. I think that might have been probably maybe the most like the single most impressive thing a Miami defender did on on Saturday. I thought he Akeem Mesador was awesome, and then of yes. course he tips the pass, and you know Gilbert Frierson. I mean, I think he was. I, I thought he was unbelievable. And then we're just watching how easily he kind of, you know, transitions from the outside and, and moving into the inside and how impactful he can be on both. 
was honestly something I, I thought it was pretty special to watch. And, uh, you know, I think we're obviously, you know, just kind of at the tip of the iceberg with him. And I, I'm really, really encouraged about his talent and, you know, the way he's going to impact, uh, you know, plays on the defensive side for Miami this year. He's clearly a pro, yeah. you know, and um, the interesting thing to me about him is I, at this point, I mean, it's Bethune. We will probably have a better take on this as the, the level of opponent, uh, you know, gets better. But right now I can't tell if he's better at defensive end or defensive yeah. tackle. And that's what makes him a unique player. And I'm not, when I say this, I'm not saying he is Aaron Donald, but there's, you know, in football in general, there's not many players that can be effective on the edge and effective on the inside. Uh, Akeem Mesidor is that type of guy. I think we saw that at the college level with Greg Rousseau, you know, when he would kick inside, you know, similar. I mean, they're different types of players, obviously. Body types are totally different. Um, but Akeem Mesador kicks inside, and he can wreak havoc on those third-down passing situations, just like Greg Rousseau did during his time at Miami. So um, it's interesting. You know, we, we see this evolution. I mean, this is probably going way too much big picture. But positions in football, defensive football, are, be- you know, positionless is kind of becoming a yeah. thing, right? We kind see of, it on the like back basketball. seven. Yeah. We see it on the back seven. It's obvious in the back seven. I think in some ways it's happening on the D line too. Um, you know, Akeem Mesador is a guy that's positionless in some ways on the D line. Um, so I agree. He was, he was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you mentioned how, you know, he, he knows when he's not, in a position to put pressure on the quarterback, he understands I can get my hands up and still yeah. affect the play. That's a pro move. Um, so, uh, you know, he gets it. He's an older player. This is probably the only season we're going to get to watch yeah. Akeem Mesador at Miami. Um, and yeah, the early returns are very impressive. Let's stick with the D line in general. Yeah. Just to stay on topic. Overall, what was your take on them? Because I think Akeem Mesador, great. I think the the rest of the D line, I think it I think they played well. I think they could have it could have been a special performance if they finished on a few more plays from a pass rushing perspective in particular. But I also look at it too on the flip side of, you know, this really was the first time that they had gone live against uh, mobile quarterbacks. I, I understand Jakari Brown is on the roster. I don't think Jakari Brown's getting much work against the first team defense, you know? So um, the first team defense primarily going up against Tyler, who is a pocket passer. Maybe sometimes they're going up against Jake, who again is a pocket passer. So this was the first time they'd gone against some guys that can uh, make them pay for, you know, maybe not having the most sound technique in how they compress the pocket or try and contain a mobile quarterback. And my hope is that they learn from that situation. Um, But at the same time, there was some opportunities where they closed down on, you know, one of those two Bethune quarterbacks and they just couldn't get them on the ground. Yeah. 
Yeah, it felt that way. And again, it felt like sometimes they were just kind of getting back there, but not finishing the plays. I mean, I can, I can, I mean, just kind of watching back. I mean, not long ago, just like, I mean, I feel like uh, even Mitchell Gude got back there a few times and, you know, just yes, kind of spun, he, he spun, they, you know, spun out of those. I feel like he had a couple of opportunities and I'm encouraged by the fact that he's getting back there. And again, maybe there's yes. not going to be a ton of Jalen Joneses that the Miami's going to run into on this schedule. So, you know, when you have a more traditional, maybe, you know, quote unquote, athletic quarterback, but more of a traditional passer, you know, I, I think Mitchell Gude would have maybe had a, a bigger game. Um, so yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's, I think there's, there's reason to be encouraged about, you know, how they were kind of doing all that, but yeah, I mean, definitely struggled with contain and, uh, I think they could have been a little bit better against the run at times. And, uh, you know, just kind of considering the opponent, I think what you said, like, I think they were good, but I, it could have been like a dominant performance. And I don't think it was that, but, uh, right. you know, again, I, I'm, I, I kind of, I liked what Daryl Jackson was I doing. I was encouraged he by was, him. Yeah, like I don't think he was made, you know, again, on you look at the stat sheet, I don't think he filled up the stat sheet, but I think he was impacting he was pushing, plays. He was definitely pocket. getting some push. And I think he was drawing like multiple kind of like yes. blockers too, where he was drawing a lot of attention. I think that opens things up for others to make plays. And then Leonard Taylor, I thought, flashed when he was kind of rolling, which I think is what we've seen from him. I think what we've talked about with him too, that when you get him on the field for, you know, 20 snaps and he can just kind of run. Uh, you know, that's when he can kind of make plays. And I think he showed that too. I think it's worth noting too, that Daryl, like Miami's pretty deep at defensive tackle. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, snap counts are really going to be like, we can learn what the coaching staff thinks of its players most by just looking at snap counts in some ways. And Daryl Jackson played the most of that group, played 21 snaps in the game. Um, Second most kind of interesting, Jordan Miller. Um, but yeah, Daryl Jackson, it, it's pretty clear. I think that this staff views him as their top defensive tackle. And I think he played well uh, in that first first game. Um, let's stick with defense. And, and in this topic of like containing the quarterback, mobile quarterback, I think part of the issue there too beyond the defensive line being unable to finish on some plays when they were in the area too, is the linebackers. Um, you know, I think the linebackers struggled when they were asked to be somewhat athletic. Uh, Bethune was throwing a lot of crossing routes in their areas. Um, and then the QB contained stuff. Like once the quarterbacks broke from the pocket, the linebackers a lot of times were nowhere to be found. And that's kind of why you saw these, these quarterbacks convert, you know, at one time it felt like what a third and 20. I mean, there was mm -hmm. a long one where they just, and there was third and longs too many third and longs that the quarterbacks were able to run for. And those are, those are plays where the, the linebackers got to clean that up. You know, once the quarterbacks break contained, um, you know, linebacker, we knew it was an issue. Um, it's still an issue. I think they're fine when they're playing in the box, going downhill, have to play the run a little bit. Like it's not perfect by any means, but it's fine. It's when they have to go back in coverage or have to run sideline to sideline and chase a little bit where things get a little rough. What was your take on the linebacker group? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot of the same. Um, definitely wasn't overly impressed by anything. I mean, I think they get, I guess they made a 
a couple good plays that I was encouraged by. I mean, you mentioned, you know, that type of stuff. I'll give him an attaboy. I mean, I think Wayne and Steve made a good play on the tight end uh, on that first drive of the game, kind of breaking up a pass, playing through the hands of a guy that's much bigger than him. It I know was, Boyd... but at the same point, it also makes you hold your breath, you know? Oh, for like, sure. It was a good play. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Oh, hundred percent. But... You don't want that match. I don't want five foot 10 Wayne Minsteed on a six foot seven tight end, but yeah. yeah. And I think Corey flag made a, he, and I think, you know, he had a, a good play on the tight end too on the, in the backfield. But yeah. Overall, um, you know, I don't think the linebacker play was anywhere near good enough, but again, that's not surprising. Like, I don't think that that's, I, I don't know. I feel like they, I, I would, I don't, I'm not, I didn't walk out of, out of that game feeling or, or out of, out of the rewatch feeling any better about them. So I think it's going to be an issue once they start like Texas A&M. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if they have answers at this point in the season, I guess is what I would say. Um, you look at the snap distribution in that Bethune game at the linebacker position, Corey flag and Wayman Steed by far played the most. Corey Flag, 34 snaps. Wayne Minsteed, 30 snaps. Uh, then the second pairing, which was Caleb Johnson and Keontre Smith. Caleb played 16 snaps. Keontre played 17 snaps. Um, you know, in my opinion, right now, I think the two best linebackers are Corey Flag and Caleb Johnson. But to this point, they have not worked to Like, Caleb has been behind Corey Flag all camp. Yeah. And I think those linebacker spots are somewhat interchangeable. Um, but to me, I think those are the two best linebackers right now. Um, will they make a move like that before Texas A&M? I don't know. My guess is it would come after Texas A&M. Um, and, you know, for whatever it's worth to Wesley Besaint graded out well on PFF when he got in the game, uh, but in the fourth quarter. So that could be an answer in the second half of the season as he continues to earn the trust of the coaching staff. But linebackers tough. I mean, honestly, like, you know, to me, the best linebacker play is like when James Williams comes into the game uh, on those third down speed packages yeah. and, you know but that is what it is. He's a safety. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you think Caleb Johnson should be playing more? I mean, I, I mean, I think so. I'm not Again, wowed by him, but yeah, like, I thought I was going to see a little bit more yesterday from him. He led the but, team of tackles for whatever that's worth. And he only played. I, I, think we call, I think we called that too, right? Did we? I don't remember. I think I did. Okay. I, I mean, that's why I picked the lead team of tackles. Okay. Just a little, Pat myself on the back moment. And you got also, Camp Kitchen. And I got the, yeah, I mean, that's not bad. You did. But Caleb, 16 uh, snaps and led the team with five tackles. I don't know. I don't know. Again, he's, it's not like an obvious, like, wow, he's significantly better. Yeah. But I do think, I just think the floor there is better than the other guys, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think that's a pretty good rate, right? I mean, 16 snaps, five tackles, uh, you know, you, you put that in a, into a full body of work and, you know, I think he could have potentially been, you know, a double digit tackle guy. If he plays like, you know, a, a large bulk of snaps. So, you know, you never know. I don't know. I, I, I like Caleb Johnson. I mean, I feel like I've been saying that I just feel like athletically, he's probably a little bit more superior than, than some of the other guys. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, man. But yeah, I, I mean, I would be encouraged if he kind of takes that step 
you know, if he's kind of one of those guys that takes that next step. Let's just stay on defense, cornerback talk. Um, you know, I said this, I think, in the instant reaction. Like, I felt like DJ had kind of a rough game. After rewatching it, I still feel that way. I mean, the the missed tackle in the beginning of the game, like, yeah, rough. you're a big physical ta- uh, corner where coverage is, you know, in terms of, like, covering speed guys, it's kind of always going to be a question. So you have to be on point with your tackling. And, you know, that was kind of like an easy tackle to miss. Um, you know, and then the coverage stuff, like, I feel like he just gives too much cushion and Bethune Cookman took advantage of that whenever they wanted to, right? With those quick slants and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe he's doing what they want him to do on defense. Uh, but I don't like it. Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'll say this, like, I, I, I want to see more of, I'm not saying they're the answers. I don't know. I just want to see it. I want to see Takori couch more on the outside. And I want to see more of Daryl Porter. Um, Cause I think from a coverage standpoint, they are potentially an upgrade. Um, and in these games, like, they're, they're good. Miami's going to face some teams that throw the ball around and have dynamic wide receivers. And I think we've seen this movie before with DJ Ivy when he faces yeah. these speed guys. It's tough. Um, so I don't know. Corner takeaways? No, I honestly, I don't have a ton outside of that. I mean, just with, with Daryl Porter, like you, we talk about DJ Ivy being a bigger guy. I don't think Daryl Porter's like a small guy, you know, like I think maybe he's not as tall or anything like that, but I do think he's a little bit. Like, I don't think he's like thick. tiny. Yeah. He's, I think he's just kind of thick, you know, he's not like a small little, I don't know. I yeah. think he could potentially play on the outside and, you know, be. No, he yeah. He did primarily. Yeah. Couch mainly played at nickel. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see couch, honestly, a little more. I don't know. I get the, the thing with couch is always going to be tackling. I get that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just want to see what it looks like. Um, and again, this, I have faith that this coaching staff, this is a veteran coaching staff. They're going to look for solutions. They're not going to blindly, you know, trust guys with no reason to blindly trust them. If that makes sense. Um, safety play. You know, I think the snap counts here are interesting. Gabby, yeah. uh, James Williams, Cam kitchens by far played the most each played 40 snaps third most, um, I don't count Gilbert Frierson technic. I mean, I guess he's a safety, but I, I'll say he's a yeah. star, but of the, you know, traditional safety position, Al Blades third, most 22 snaps, then Avante Williams, 14 snaps. That was surprising to me that, that Avante was, uh, you know, so much less than James and Cam. Uh, but I will say like when, when Tay was in the game, it was pretty quiet and he did have a bad missed tackle. Now, I think that play had a penalty on it, so it didn't hurt quite that bad, but Tay was quiet, uh, and I think it was pretty clear in the game that James and Cam are the two best safeties, and I think Cam flashes some special playmaking potential at the college level. Um, yeah, that's all I got at safety. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How about offense? What do you got? Offense. I mean, just one thing. I mean, I mean, we can just talk about Henry Parrish. I mean, I just think he was awesome. But I think one of the – yeah, let's just, just go with Henry Parrish. I mean, yeah. I thought That's that good. was a really, I thought it was a pretty special performance. I mean, again, I, I know you have to consider the opponent, but yeah. just kind of like the skill set and what we sort of saw from him. I mean, I'm, I'm, that was really encouraging for me. The vision, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the instincts, like he knows where to go. Yeah. I wrote this on the website and, and to me, this is a compliment. I don't know how fans, are, how fans take it, but I said like his style, the way he runs Reminds me of Joe Yearby because Joe Yearby, you know, look, there was physical limitations there. Yeah. Um, but Joe Yearby knew like he always took the correct tracks. And uh, even when something wasn't there, Joe Yearby would cram it in there for a two yard gain. And that's valuable at the running back position to get two yards when nothing's there. Um, I feel like Henry Parrish, it's not a perfect comp, but he does take good tracks. He's always going forward. I think he's got more juice, of course, than Joe. Joe is more of a compact build, et cetera. But I agree. I think I've gone back and forth on this since the spring in terms of Henry Parrish being RB1. But I think he's RB1, not only because of ability. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this cliche. But because <laughs> of availability. Ooh, like, I do wow. think, like, it matters. Like, Rooster, yeah. you got to. 
you have to be available to show your dynamic ability. And that's kind of a, a thing with Rooster um, as he's dealing with a soft tissue injury now. But beyond that, I think Henry Parrish just might be more, um, you know, you can count on him to pick up five yards a pop. Whereas Knighton, you know, he can, he can hit a home run, but then there's also going to be some frustrating tackles for loss with him too. Yeah. yeah I think that's a fair way to put it. I, mean, I think Knighton is maybe, I think you can, I think he's kind of like the big play guy. Like, I don't know if Henry Parrish is going to make those like, you know, 60. Or I think we saw him like, I think Jalen Knighton had like two seventy five yard touchdowns. I'm not sure if Henry Parrish is, is going to be that guy, right. but I think on a down to down basis, Henry Parrish yep. is super consistent. And again, I think you can count on him to make the right plays. The vision is nice. He's he kind of bounces off people. I think he, slippery. I think he has, yeah, he I is. Yeah. I think slippery is a really, really good word for it because I was just, you know, just watching and carry it again. It, it just feels like, I, I think, I think how you put it is, is really good. Like he takes the right tracks. Like, you know, he, he, he knows what, what he's doing with the football and I feel like he makes quick decisions and then he's not the easiest guy to get down. Like he spun off some guys spun into the end zone. Um, you know, I think he was, I think he was awesome and, uh, you know, made plays in, you know, just in, in, I think in multiple facets, I mean, he caught, he can catch them out of the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they lined them up on, on, on the outside at one point, which is something we saw in camp, uh, you know, with Henry Parrish lined up out there and, you know, he was, I I don't know. I feel like he's kind of a do it all type of guy. And again, so someone that's going to, you know, consistently maybe move the chains for you. Yeah, I agree. You touched on, you know, lining them out at wide receiver. That's obvious to like, you know, introduce some things for Texas A&M to have to prepare for. What else did you notice like formation wise from this offense? Cause I think Josh Gaddis, you know, provided some sprinkles of, of creativity in terms of formations. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they ran a, a ton of pistol. Like, I don't know about yeah. a ton of pistol, but they ran, like they ran the, they, did. the, they have yeah. a whole pistol package. Like, there was yep. one, I mean, I didn't notice it so much during the game, but kind of watching it back, it's like, yeah, they're doing this a lot. And Tyler Red they did that at Oregon. Yeah. Like, I, I would assume, honestly, that's like a Mario influence. Really? But yeah. I yeah Tyler had like a pistol, like a, a pistol sign where he kind of like put it on his side and Henry, Henry Parrish, like he moved right behind him. And, and yeah. I, I thought that was really effective. I mean, two, two of the early touchdown run, two of Henry Parrish's touchdown runs came out of the pistol. Uh, Thad Franklin, honestly, kind of giving it to him out of the pistol kind of get, allows him to get, you know, a right. full head of steam by the time he's at the line of scrimmage. He's a tough guy to bring down. And I feel like he was pretty productive running the ball out of there, too. And again, I think with the improvement of the run blocking, which is something else I think we need to talk about, too. I think that gives you the ability, like, because I think, like, you know, last year, I would have not felt good about Miami doing something like that because I'm worried that by the time the like Thad touches the ball there, you got someone in your face. I mean, I think here with the push that they're getting, you can do that. And it gives obviously the ball carrier some time to, to pick up some steam before they, before they make their move. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I feel like they ran it a lot out of the pistol. I don't, I kind of have to maybe watch it again, see how much they actually passed it, but it felt like a lot of the sure. time they're running it out of that formation. Uh, but I'm sure they got some pass stuff in there too. And, you know, again, I think, I think it was cool. I think it works for this offense. And, uh, you know, I think it gave, again, just a sense of creativity, a sense of versatility where they can just give you a bunch of different looks that you have to prepare for. Yeah. They lined, like they also use personnel lining up in different areas too. Like, yeah. uh, you had tight ends all over the place, H oh, back yeah. in line, all, all yeah. that stuff. Well, Mallory at one point was out wide. Yeah. Um, uh, 
you know, they use, they flash the Brashard Smith on the like end around type look. Yep. That uh, Jakari Brown trick play, whatever they were going to do there would have been fun to watch, but it was eliminated by a false start, I believe, on Dom Morelli. Yeah. Um, I've said this a million times. I'm a fan of this style of offense because, um, you know, it's, there's creativity to it and, you know, you can scheme stuff open. You're not depending on like having to overwhelm an opponent with execution and, and personnel and tempo and all that stuff. Like the coach can really make an impact, I feel, um, with this style of offense. You mentioned the run blocking. Let's go there. Um, and, you know, look, again, they should push around a team like Bethune. Yeah. They did push around a team like Bethune. But I think, you know, they're, if you know how to look for it, like there's technique things um, that stand out about what they were doing in the run blocking phase that I think is going to translate against no matter who they play. Now they're not going to push around who they play like they did Bethune, but it's going to translate. Um, what stood out to you in particular about the run blocking? Yeah, I mean, I thought Jalen Rivers was awesome. I mean, I thought he was really, really good, especially near the goal line. He's a I mean, weapon. He's, he's something else, man. I mean, wow. Um, you know, just on the goal line, like you go, go back and watch some of those touchdown runs and you're just watching Jalen Rivers just drive a dude, you know, like just kind of, mm-hmm. they're kind of running it right at his back. And, you know, he, it just opens up like a whole lane for the ball carriers to get through. And I mean, I thought, I thought he was awesome. I thought he was just a, a complete road grader. And, you know, I think really at, at the unit in, at, in general, I thought we saw some clear, you know, technical improvements, I think fundamental improvements. And it seems like there's more of a plan in the run game when it ter- when yes. it comes to like, you know, actually making those blocks and stuff like that. And just a full buy-in from the offensive line that, you know, they're going to be physical in the run game and, and get that push. So I was encouraged about what I saw from that. And I think that reflected in, you know, again, the stat sheet, five rush, what was it five or six rushing touchdowns? um seven maybe i don't know seven yeah i mean it was it was it was a lot and again i think that these guys are going to want to i think it's pretty obvious right now they're going to want to run it to set up the pass and uh you know just kind of seeing those little improvements from the offensive line in the run blocking game i mean i'm feeling a little bit better about it right now john campbell i think you know from a like body type like frame perspective and movement skills i think he's definitely a top five guy so I am curious, we, I mean, we keep hinting at this and talking about this, but like when Zion comes back, I think John Campbell needs to be on the starting five somewhere. That's up for the coaches to decide where, but I think, I think you either put John Campbell at right tackle, kick DJ Scaife in at right guard, or you move John Campbell to right guard, leave DJ Scaife at right tackle. Um, I, I think he played well. I mean, it's Bethune. I get it, but. I think John Campbell did his thing. Um, How about wide receiver talk? You know, I I think we've kind of felt this way all at camp, but there's there's a clear-cut top four. It feels, um, you know, Restrepo, number one guy, wide receiver one out of the slot. Uh, Then you got Keyshawn. then you got Michael Redding, and then you have Frank Latson. Uh, you know, I, I th- Tyler, th- 
you know, Tyler could have thrown for 400 yards in that game if he wanted to. I kind of wish, again, we said this in the instant reaction. I wish that they gave some opportunities to Keyshawn uh, just from a confidence building standpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Redding made a nice contested catch for a touchdown. I think that was a good ball by Tyler too. Like that's, that was a small window. He fit yeah. it in there. Um, and then the ball to, uh, so the one quote unquote deep shot Tyler did take was the uh, like corner route to yeah. Restrepo dime, like yeah. led him to the sideline. So Restrepo could turn up field and pick up, I think it was like 30 more yards after catch. So um I think what we saw in the passing game was good. Yeah. Um, it's just hopefully against Southern Miss, they expand it a little more, I think is fair to say. Yeah, no, I think that's From fair a receiver say. standpoint. Yeah. Like Tyler is fine. Yeah. Totally fine. I was, From I was, a receiver standpoint. I was watching, I don't know, just watching this back, and I guess it's kind of what it should be, but it felt like he was almost like playing on rookie mode where it's just yes. like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of he put was. it right here and then. You know, I'm just going to kind of put it right here. And, you know, that yeah. throw to Michael Redding, it just seems he was just so kind of cool, calm and just like, yeah, all right, let me just let me just rip this one in here real quick and then just kind of put it where he wanted it. And, you know, I don't you know, obviously, and I think he made good decisions in terms of throwing a couple balls away. Um, I don't think he necessarily forced anything when it wasn't there. So, I mean, I thought it was a, you know, again, just kind of a, a, a Tyler Van Dyke strong performance. Did it need to see much from him? But I think what we did see was pretty encouraging. And, yeah, I think I want to see that you know, passing game expanded, get Keyshawn Smith more involved. I think watching that back and, you know, it's not like they needed him to be super involved, no, but I think not. that you want to draw some stuff up to get him involved. Cause I mean, he was awesome in the return game. I think it's all, I think it's obvious that he has some explosiveness. So when you can kind of, you know, take advantage of that in the passing game again, I think that's just something I want to see, not necessarily something that made or break, make made or broke, whatever, uh, what I thought about this game. And yeah, I think Xavier Restrepo, is in line to have a pretty he's big good. year. He's better yeah. than I, he's better than I give him credit for. I'll admit that. So, I mean, I was, I mean, gonna, I think it's, he's going to have a good year. I don't know. I know it's like very like obvious and typical and I don't even know. I, oh, I mean, I mean, you do you get the same Braxton Barrios vibes? Like, I don't know. I feel like he, do you think he could be all right? Production wise? Cause I think it's clear that Tyler production Dyke, wise. Sure. Production Tyler wise. Dyke, sure. I think he, it's obvious that that's like his go-to guy. And I don't think yeah. Braxton's numbers were like insane. So like his best year, 55 catches, 679 yards, nine touchdowns. Obviously that's a great year for like a slot guy, but I, but think I like would it, argue here's my argument though. If Braxton played with Tyler, his numbers would have been probably. Yeah, no Braxton, I think is maybe the better is probably the better athlete, but I think the production yeah. could be pretty similar. Like I agree I, with that. So but that's that's what that's Xavier's what, that better was, than I give him credit for. I admit, like he's gonna be, he is gonna be wide receiver one. You know, it seems that way. I've and that's why I, that's, that. I've resisted that to this point, but uh, you know, eyes don't lie. Like yeah. he's definitely their best guy. So, um, go ball. Uh, let's see. Last thing I want to touch on here: penalty talk. You know. Mario Cristobal at ACC Media Day made a big point of emphasis of, of kind of saying how he wants to eliminate silly penalties, which, you know, did hurt Miami in some key games last year. They finished the game six penalties, 48 yards. So not a bad showing. Uh, but 
I do think it was interesting and I don't notice this. Like I, I, I took photos in the game, right? So like I'm yeah. kind of focusing on that. I'm on the field shooting photos. So I didn't see like where he was ripping into cam kitchens uh, for, to me, it was a ticky tack personal foul person, like whatever 15 yarder penalty where he spiked the ball celebrating the interception Ticky tacky to me, maybe I'm biased. I mean, I guess of course I'm biased, uh, but it was a penalty nonetheless. And Mario ripped ripped into him, and yeah. I don't mind it because Mario's trying to set a tone of like, this is the culture of like we're not doing silly penalties around here, no matter what it is, whether it's ticky tack or not. What was your take on that whole scene? Did you see it up in the press box? No, I didn't. I, I didn't notice until like, I, I mean, they had the TVs on and I kind of looked after and you kind of saw it. Cause I think they highlighted it like on the broadcast a little bit. Yeah. So um, I saw it then and I was just like, yeah, okay. You know, Cam Kitchens intercepted it kind of has a shoulder pad out stands on the, on the benches and all that stuff gets a 15 yarder. And then Mario Cristobal just kind of rips into rips. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I'm cool with it again. I think it's about, I think year one really is about the yes. culture shift. I think it's about, I think ultimately like, I don't make like, Mario Christopher probably like big picture wise, probably wasn't that mad about it, but I think it's no, about, I don't think he was. I think it's more about like, these are the things that we're going to do. And this is not how we're going to act. And so right. I think it just, I think it's just getting these guys into that mentality and just continuing to further all the things that he's just trying to instill. Into he the said after the game, like we have to expect to make those type of plays. Yeah, exactly. So that's his mentality. And if Miami doesn't get that 15 yard penalty, they finish the game with five penalties for 33 yards. So yeah. that's, you know, that's a nice solid showing. I mean, against a team like Bethune Cookman, you're, you're not going to get many penalties anyways, but it would still be a good start, you know, as Mario's trying to establish this, you know, penalty culture or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. uh, let's get out of here on this Gabby. We are now here in Southern Miss week. Uh, kickoff is noon. I believe it's an ACC network game. I should have looked that up. Um, but Miami's opening as a 27 point favorite. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be an opportunity where Miami should still, you know, win fate uh, pretty comfortably. Uh, but it is an opportunity to work, get better at these deficiencies that showed up against Bethune. That's what good teams do. Good teams keep improving. Um, no matter how small that improvement is, good teams keep improving. And uh, I expect that to happen with this type of coaching staff. So uh, appreciate everyone for listening for this quick little episode. Again, want to highlight 75% off annual subscription deal, Labor Day sale happening at InsideTheU.com. Gabby has a lot of great recruiting content from the game up on the website. We got a lot of other VIP stuff from the game snap count looks um, that I think are always interesting for the Bethune game. Um, so jump on it. I think it's 26 bucks for a year's worth of VIP coverage. A lot of people have signed up here in the last few days. It means so much to us, but come join the party if you haven't already. And until uh, next time, take care.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.